What is up, everybody? Mikey CLT here from Bar Down Breakdown, letting you know that our 100th episode is going to be dropping exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network on January 27th. We will be joined by special guest Derek from the amazing pop punk band State Champs. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on all our socials so you do not miss any of our amazing episodes. We are so pumped that we have made it to episode 100. And to thank you, we are running an Instagram contest where one lucky winner can win a Steez brand snapback hat. So head over to our Instagram and enter our contest. Also, if you are just hearing about Bar Down Breakdown, make sure you go and check out our 99 other episodes where we have had artists who have been nominated for Grammys, all the way down to artists who are unsigned, where we dive into the crossover between alternative music and hockey. So make sure you go and check out Bar Down Breakdown wherever you listen to podcasts, brought to you exclusively by the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. And it is the return we have all been waiting for. One of the sport's most notorious icons is stepping into the octagon this Saturday. That's right. We're not talking about Panthers hockey. We're talking about MMA. We have DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the USC, giving you a free shot at huge cash prizes for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering new players a free shot at a million dollars, free uh, in total prizes with first deposit. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. Mysterious. There is no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at a million dollars in total prizes. Plus... Plus, don't forget about the football playoffs where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs this weekend. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the weekend 
That's promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Well, Noah, how you doing? Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm doing pretty good. I almost didn't make the podcast just because I, I was stuck on DraftKings earlier. So, it, Yeah, it did you was, like the ad read? Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, uh, it was pretty emblematic of w- what actually goes down on there. Yeah, I mean, we don't get... We don't get a ton of ad reads on here. I mean, we will hopefully moving forward, but you know, we'll we'll rusty for the first one maybe. But no, I I thought it was great. It, it sounded good. It made me want to draw. I want to do even more betting. So I think it did the job. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're big, we're big. You know, sports bettors. We'll we'll have to hop on that. You know, uh, yeah. Again, for all listeners out there, THPN use the promo code. Uh, gonna be awesome. Looking forward to the fight. Uh, but we're here to talk about Florida Panthers hockey, which is finally back. Uh, took a little longer than we would have liked to get their, their season started, you know, yep, thanks to yep, the, uh, you know, the yep, Dallas stars yep. shout out, shout out to the, uh, to the stars of Dallas. That was, that was pretty cool on their part. Um, yeah, really great. Definitely hasn't, you know, harmed my fantasy hockey team in any way. Yeah, and, no, you know, no. Mira Heiskanen or Dennis <laughs> Gurianov or Anthony Duclair, John, they're doing great. Huberto. They're doing great. Uh, so a little bit delayed, but we, we, we got to see him tonight. That was awesome. Uh, big 5-2 win uh, over over Chicago. And, I mean, for, first of all, before we even get to talking about the game, a couple things we should talk about. First off, uh, let's go. Let's go uh, there were some rumors this week that uh, Alexander Barkov, that uh, Bullough, Buffalo had checked in, see on his availability. Uh, and they were looking at him or Dubois. Um, and then, of course, Barkov said, came out and said, you know, uh, you know, Bill, Bill Zito talked to me, said it was all good. They weren't looking to move me, which is great because this is where I want to be. Um, just just what are your thoughts on this whole situation? First of all, I only caught the tail end of these rumors. I, I really just I mean, from, from the point where I, I like. Yeah, I kind of just uh, brought it up with you like five minutes before we hopped on. Yeah, here. I didn't even know so I didn't, these were rumors. I didn't know. I, I missed it initially because I was at work, but I got home and that's what people were talking about. So, I mean, honestly, like anything involving Buffalo is just, yeah, I, it's, it's just medi- mediocrity. I mean, uh, first of all, and th- th- this is what you said. You said they were potentially going to ship Dolan away. That he was going to be the, the other piece. Right. I mean, I don't know what else Buffalo has given away that really like I saw some people suggest like middle stat, a first round pick and like some other player. And I was like, that's not enough. No. Um, right. So I was. First of all, like if they give up, Dol- they, first of all, I don't think Buffalo can even afford to give up Darlene. Like, no, he, he's their number one defender. I mean, like I get what they're trying to do. It's like, you know, they do need a, a second line center. Right, they do need that behind Jack Eichel, but like, not Alexander Barkov. No, and and then you said they, they were potentially interested in Pierre Luc Dubois, and it's like, these are both number yeah. one centers. This is not what you're looking for. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that the thing going on with a lot of people was I think a lot of people were thinking that Barkov maybe wasn't looking to resign in Florida once his current deal's up, mm-hmm. which, from a like, I would get you know they they haven't been very competitive during his time here. He's right. been severely underpaid for years. Um, but, you know, he's the captain of this team. This is his team. And 
I, I don't see him going anywhere else, at least at this point. But it also, yeah. actually, I want me to think about like the Sabres in general. And like, if you really think about it, like these teams are kind of mirrors of each other. Like, if you really think about it, both teams, like high end first line center who went second overall, check. Drafted a defenseman first overall, Dalene and Ekblad, check. check. You know, a high end complimentary winger, Taylor Hall, Jonathan Huberto. Yeah. So there, there are a lot of similarities between these teams where, like, I think their needs are kind of similar. Like, if Florida was to trade away Barkov and not get a center back, like, you can't run. Like, yeah. Alexander Wenberg is your number one center. You're not no. going to win many games that way. No, definitely not. Um, I mean, obviously, I, this, this, we'll get into it later, but the, 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 the goalie situation, in my opinion, in Florida – is much better than what it is in Buffalo. Yeah, but it's, even it's, that, it's a, it's an it's a very much a situation in Buffalo. Yeah, Florida's goaltender situation a little pricier. A little, a little pricier. You know, it's you know. not maybe not in the same you know you know a little bracket, less cost but, effective, but yeah. But also, both teams very high end goalie prospects, by the way. Uh, Uko Pekka Lakokinen for the Sabers, and obviously. With the Panthers, I'm referring to Devin Levi. And, <laughs> and I guess and, yeah. you could throw Spencer Knight in there too. Yeah, I guess he could be in there. Um, yeah, no, it, I, you're you're talking about it. It makes sense. Like they, these are pretty similar teams. Um, and they're teams that have both kind of like been rebuilding for a while and kind of underperformed a bit yeah, here or there. Some, some bad contracts um, that you just can't really get rid of. Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner's contract is – I think it's good. I think he has the potential to score 50 goals this season. No. <laughs> Not happening. I'm, I'm, I'm very confident that doesn't happen, that he scores right, 50 I, goals in 56 games. Actually, Buffalo's already played two, so I think he only has 54 games left. Yeah, so he's a little behind, but um, – he can do it. But yeah, I think center is like the last position the Panthers should be looking to move out. It, 100%. And yeah. if I'm the Panthers right now, I'm not really looking to move out anything other than if somebody's giving me a good deal for Bobrovsky. Yeah. And I mean, like, and I was thinking about it today too, like looking at the Panthers lineup and we watched them today, but um, I think they're really well set up for the future in that if they contend this year, that's great. If they like, they you know, if they're a playoff team, that's fantastic. Uh, I think that's the goal for everyone. But if they fall short, they have a lot of guys that I think would be really appealing for contending teams at the deadline, right? Like, really cheap guys, um, you know. And if they have good years, Florida can get nice returns on guys that they've just brought in. Uh, I think that's a nice way to rebuild, you know, kind of build towards something bigger in the future. but but we'll see. But yeah, the Barkov rumor—it was just perplexing to me. It was yeah. It, it was that that just sounds odd. Yeah. And, and the the fact that I mean that you would even like try and like trade us for a center without giving up another center is blasphemous. Yeah. It, it's it, it doesn't make any sense. And I've never like been a fan of what's going on in Buffalo, and probably will never be for a while. Um, I just, I just hope that they have a terrifyingly 
bad season and Taylor Hall just leaves and comes to Florida. I agree. I 100% you exactly. You, you read my mind. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And like, yeah, and, makes- I mean, let's remember, let's remember if a team can make the cap space and Buffalo is really doing bad. Taylor Hall could be trade bait at the trade deadline. Very well could be. Uh, I mean, it's obviously contingent on Buffalo really, really, like, just underperforming. But I mean, their, their first two games but they're were... But they're, they're quite good at underperforming, let's be honest. Yes, they're, they're terrific at that. Um, I mean, let's, let's see what Ralph Kruger can do. And, I mean, Taylor Hall, it's, that's why he went there. So, I assume he'll give him a shot. But at, at some point, for, ta- for, for Taylor Hall, it has to be, like... And I'm actually pretty sure he has a no-move clause now that I think about it. He probably does. He probably got some sort of security. It makes sense. Um, but... Yeah, like, I go Buffalo, like, where Buffalo's coming from. Like, I would love it if the Panthers added another center, too. Uh, like, and Dubois makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, well, it makes more sense, at least. Uh, lots of rumors going around about him. Obviously, he's not super happy in Columbus. So... We'll see what happens there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you yeah. do you expect do like do you expect Dubois to get moved anywhere? Uh, in the off season, maybe. Um, I I really don't think he likes playing for Tortorella. Yeah. Right. I I really think that's what it comes down to. I think that I mean, and we know the impact that a coach can have in the NHL on players. Like, I mean, prime example is Taylor Hall, who literally went to Buffalo. Not for the scenic views, but for Ralph Kruger. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like Tortorell is like one of those coaches, like he's had a lot of success in the league and he's obviously a very hard coach, but he's kind of a coach where it's like, it can be hard to know how his role influences how good the players are. Like there's a lot of guys who come out of Columbus who are either even better than they were on Columbus because the system limited them or they're worse because uh, they're not, you know, feeling the same kind of pressure from the coach. Like, like John Thrill's guy's going to be hard on his players and it works with some, it doesn't work with others. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think PLD is just one. And it, it might work with in the short term, but I think it's, 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 he's a guy that would just build up resentment. Yeah. It'd be, and it, I, I haven't, I haven't looked at the, their, their, their latest games to see his ice time or anything. I, I don't know what that looks like. Uh, yeah. I, I watched, the, I watched him the other night. He looked, he looked fine. I'm going to pull up the report. They lost five, two to Nashville on Saturday. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Like he's one of those guys where it's just like, I'd love to see what he can do in a different system. Right. Like you I know he was, he, he was their second most played uh, uh, forward. Forward, after Oliver Bjorkstrand and Bjorkstrand only played four seconds more than Dubois. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, so I, I think he's put in that request with Kekalainen, and they have a mutual agreement that it's like we're not going to trade you now, but if if you still want to get traded this summer, I'll I'll do my best to if I can get a deal done. Like obviously, yeah. he's not he's not going to move him if he can't get the return. That's yeah. just not going to happen. That's, he's too good of a well, and, and we've seen situations like this before where 
stuff like this has come up and how different GMs have handled it. Like we saw how the Matt Duchesne kind of deal worked out in Colorado. Worked out great for Colorado. Not so much for not so much for Ottawa. <laughs> but but Ottawa then had the fantastic Carlson trade. Yeah, which they nailed. So right. Yeah, but so I expect him to get um, traded in the summer in the off season, maybe at the draft. Um, although every time I say he's going to get, somebody's going to get dealt at the draft. They literally, nobody ever gets dealt at the draft. That's just facts. That is true. Um, and I know that, um, I, I, I know like, cause I, on the athletic that Montreal was supposedly interested and in, like, obviously Dubois would like childhood team, like, obviously that would be pretty cool for him, but. I, the the asking price was I think Nick Suzuki and a piece, yeah, or a prospect or or a um, probably a draft. I think it was Nick Suzuki in a first pick, first round pick. To be honest, which I you got to look at and just that's at the moment. I that's a, that's expensive. Yeah. Now, if I was Montreal and the ask was maybe a first round pick because that's kind of standard, and it was Yesperi Kotkaniemi. I think I'd be more willing to listen then. See, like I, I thought about this and just to see what, what Montreal has and what they can offer. And obviously like both parties aren't going to be happy, but I mean, what I was thinking was something along the lines of a first round pick, Philippe Deneau and Ryan Paling, you know, a solid second line center, a prospect that has four goals against the Toronto Maple Leafs in that one. If I'm not mistaken, though, did Montreal just not trade a second line center to Columbus this offseason? They did, and Max Domi is not doing well in the first two games. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see. But I know we've seen step up in that first C role. Um, he's just much more of a defensive center that he's not going to put up the points um that that was those, those were my thoughts but i doubt that montreal can afford a in terms of just like actually like getting the appropriate prospects and he's he has a hefty contract yeah like you have to pay the guy i think like what is it seven eight million next season yeah it's a lot but he's a good player He's a fantastic player with a tremendous amount of upside. Of upside, we saw it in the in the bubble, but it's a price that not a lot of teams can pay. Yeah, it's very. It's really weird how like from that draft class, three of the top four picks have requested trades. It's insane. And so the only question is, when does Matthews ask out of Toronto? I mean, I fully expect him to go to Arizona in the next six months. Yeah, I, I am at, it to me, it's kind of like Thanos and the Avengers. Inevitable. <laughs> That's um, how I see it. Yeah, I it's gonna be interesting. I think it's gonna there's gonna come a time in Toronto where they're gonna have to choose whether they keep Matthews or Marner. A decision is gonna have to be made. I mean, 
I depending on where the team is, I would not be surprised. I don't know. I mean, just walks. Whatever. It's Toronto. I don't even want to talk about Toronto. Exactly. I don't. I don't. We listen to so many people talking on and on about the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's like we get it. You lose a lot in the first round. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's talk about the Florida Panthers, America's team. One hundred percent. Fantastic game against Chicago today. Yeah. And we got to talk about right out of the gate, though. Keith Yandel, Iron Man streak. The streak is alive. It's still alive. alive, alive and well. And oh. I mean, you know, it wasn't looking good for a while there. It wasn't looking like he was going to be in, but he gets in the lineup and, you know, he, score, he scores a goal. He does. He does. I mean, now not, the hardest I, goal in the world to score. Probably not. But. A goal, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, with that, like, do you think he, he ends up staying in the lineup? I think so. I think – so, first of all, when he scored his goal, you could see how much it meant to him, right? The celebration from this, the bench and from him was just awesome. Exactly. And so you see the celebration from him. You see the celebration from his teammates. And – it's hard to think that he would go that, that he's not like an integral part of this team. Yeah. Like you see, you see the reaction when his teammates, you know, he wears an A he's clearly a well-liked player, ton of fun. We get that. He's not like great five on five. And, you know, he is, you know, more of that power play guy, even though that power play sucked tonight, but that's, we'll get into that. Um, but I mean, to me, the question is like, was he is was he their worst defender out there tonight? Defenseman out there tonight? No, probably not. No, I would not say he was the worst. No, and so if he's not the worst defenseman, then he shouldn't be sitting. He 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 was the second least used defenseman, which yeah, but he got a significant a time, a significant amount of time on the power play. Yeah, he's he's a utility guy. Let's face it, like he's a specialist. He's got, we just got to understand that he's not he's not the guy that's going to go out there play 25 minutes in a tight game and you know he's just not that guy. Yeah. Yeah, like the only thing to me is if the coach maybe wants someone more reliable that he can use in those minutes to make sure that you know no guys getting too much ice time, getting too tired, which I I get from that perspective. Um but to me, I thought I thought he had a decent game. I know he wasn't used much, but he, he gets the goal. Uh, but that power play that would that looked awful. It, it didn't look great. Um, it's. I thought their they had. I thought their penalty kill though was decent. Yeah, obviously they allow the one goal, but they, they, the first kill was incredible. That Barkov, first kill was Barkov amazing. just went to work. Literally, just he did his thing. Um, but other than that. You know, that, that was the only, like, real, like, special special units that I was, like, impressed with in this game. Yeah, I, I, I agree. The, like, and I, like, I, I expected the power play would be rough. I didn't think it would be as rough as it was. But, like, when you're, you're coming into a season like this where it's been a very short training camp and you have a lot of new personnel, uh you got to expect that it's going to take a while to get back up to speed. We've seen that with a lot of teams too. 
yeah. right at the start and their first couple of games where they've struggled to, to capitalize on opportunities. So like, I, I think it'll click eventually. I don't love the two defensemen setup. I'll be honest. It's, it's an interesting setup. Um, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not going to criticize it because I, I don't really know like how much like offensive fire firepower you want, you want to really like that the Panthers really have at their disposal that they can really like put out there. But I, I don't think of Ekblad as an off- big offensive guy. I don't, I don't, I think that he, you could substitute with someone who could bring more to the table than Aaron Ekblad. Yeah. I think the thing with Ekblad is like, what does he bring on the power play? Like he can, you can make it, you can make, you know, the easy passes and you can, he's got a great shot. He's got a bullet of a shot. Yeah. So if you can use him on the power play in a role where, he doesn't have to do too much. He just kind of fills that spot. I think he can be successful. See, I, you have... I, I'd rather see him on the second second wave. So who do you put on the? You put Yandel on the first. Probably Yandel on the first, and then you get a you, you get a forward. Yeah, I mean, for all just we know, I, like... I, I I just think that you, you're not like. I I just think a forward can do a better job of contributing offensively. Better job. Oh than yeah. Glad. I, I agree that they should go four forwards on D. I just think like at this point, like I'm still not overly convinced Keith Handel is going to stay in the lineup based on well, that's the question. The team, exactly. right? So then you're, and you're you can't co- you can't keep him in the lineup just to play on your power play. That's just not feasible. No. So uh, so then and, and if Keith Handel's not in the lineup, then it's got to be Aaron Eckblad that quarters backs that unit, right? But I think you need more from the forwards at that point, like. Like get some guys move. Like there wasn't a ton of movement out there. They didn't really get set up on a lot of them. Like they, it, it was, you know, not even close to what we saw the last. I mean, what we've been, you know, seeing the last few years with Hoffman and Dadnov uh, out there. Yeah, it's it's been tough. I I'd like to see. I I really like to see uh, Owen Tippett get some power play time. Just put him in Hoffman's spot. That exactly. Like, like we saw, I, he had like one chance in the game. It was the first or second where he's had like a, it was like a nothing play. It was just like a rush, but he got off his shot and he can fire the puck, man. He can't. He really can. And, and that's so, why I, I, I'm not really sure why he's not getting like power play time. And, and you know, like, and I don't want I don't want to disrespect any other guys on the team. Like, obviously, Carter Verhage had a great game, and oh, did he ever? full credit to him like that th- those first two lines i thought were very impressive um but like give owen Tippett a little you know give him a shot i don't know if they've tried it in practice or anything but i i think that you know that it's a guy who can he can step in there yeah i i i, I don't love when like you have young players that are like very clearly like high-end prospects like when you bring up a chance, you'll don't play him with like unskilled guys in the middle of six, like play him with your good players. If that's what you want them to be, if you want them to fill the spot, like put them in there. Like, I know you should, you know, you earn your ice time, whatever. Right. But it's like, it's really hard to like fully evaluate Owen Tippett. Like, how do you know Owen Tippett can't do that if we don't see it in a game? Exactly. So I, I would love to see them give him a shot there. Um, but lots of new faces this game, though. I'm wondering who stood out for you. Obviously, Verhe. 
yeah, I, I still don't know how to pronounce his name. I I've been saying is, it's either Verhage or Verhage. I, I don't know. Honestly, I, I, like we don't mean to disrespect disrespect his name. Um, we think he's an awesome player, but yeah, he's still confused on the name. But yeah, he's so quick. And of course, I'm going to choose another um, really hard pronunciation name to be like I that who I thought really stood out, and it's um, Louis Dorianen. You too. Okay. Oh, Louis. <laughs> I thought he looked fantastic out there. He did it. Like he's kind of. I think a lot of people kind of just saw him as like a toss in and not a uh, that trocheck trade. Mm-hmm. But I mean. The fact, just the fact that he made the team is it was a great sign. Yeah, and the fact yeah. that he played really well tonight, uh, I think, well. is huge I for mean, this team. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, Jonathan Huberto was just hooby dooby doo. Like he just does whatever he does. Yeah, yeah. He just you know he comes, he shows up, he collects his like three points, and then you know leaves. You know, it's like he same Jonathan Huberto we had last season, and then uh, I really liked uh, the way Hornquist played today. He was uh, got that bite to his game. He was better than what Mike Matheson would have contributed. That's all I'm gonna say. Low bar, but he cleared it. <laughs> uh, that's it's the only bar he has to clear. Yeah, I mean, I thought there was a like a lot of contributions from a lot of the new guys, which was great to see. Uh, and Chris Drieger, goalie of the future, looked great in that too. I thought he did. He you did. Know, he, he had some nice saves. He got he got a lucky break. Uh, I th- what was it the Kane goal that got reversed from Pius Suter? Yeah, yeah, it was it was the Kane Kane scored right. Yeah, they, yeah, it was the opener of the game that got disallowed for offside. Yeah, obviously offside. You can't you can't do that. Sorry, you can't yeah. do that. Yeah, no, yeah. The only reason that play uh, was created was because he was offside. So that's exactly. It's just it doesn't make any sense. Um, but other than that, like he, I think he had a great game. Yeah, like, he made some really nice saves. Exactly what you would expect from him. Yeah, which is a really good sign because obviously Bobrovsky, you know, he's going to take a little while here to get back up and running. But it's we talked a lot in the offseason, which was ridiculously long, uh, yeah. about the Panthers goaltending and how we weren't, you know, that if Bobrovsky didn't bounce back, you know, the sample size on Chris Drieger wasn't huge and Sam Montembeau really hasn't proved much. So also, I just realized Mike Matheson got injured and yes. Uh, yeah. He didn't play today. Yeah. He didn't play today. He's on the IR actually. So he's out at least what, 10 games yeah. or 10 days. So, I mean, you try to tell me that we lost that trade. I don't think anyone's thinking the Panthers lost that trade. Exactly. I if, just... And if they are, they're delusional. Exactly. Unless you're listening to this podcast, in which case Mike Hoffman's the best <laughs> or Mike Matheson. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought Drieger was excellent. Um, I thought there was, there, there was a couple guys who I thought like they started out a bit slow that got better. You know who else that we, that we thought like we got the hor- we got a horrible read on this guy, like horrible Gustav Forsling. Yeah. Put up 21 minutes tonight. Fantastic. <laughs> that was a waiver pickup. And a great one. A fantastic one. You know, so. Well, I mean, that's a guy like, I think Coach Quenville's had him in Chicago, right? Exactly. So he, he knows what he's getting out of him. Yeah. When he was on the second power play unit too, right? 
Yeah. You know, elite offensive defenseman Gustav Forsling, quarterback <laughs> in that unit. Um, um, and I thought I thought Duclair had a good game, uh, was creating some chances. Obviously, nothing really went his way, but I, I thought he looked good out there. Yeah. And I, like my big takeaway from the game was obviously the way the lines came out and they played like they're clearly trying to be a deeper team. Yeah. But like like last season, the very clear strategy was we're just going to try and score, like outscore our mistakes, really. Mm-hmm. Whereas this year, the approach seems to be let's balance our attack, let's play as a five-man unit, and let's have a little bit more structure in our offensive game and try to win games more 3-2 than 6-5 or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Which, I mean, there's really no other way to approach it when you lose some of your the offensive guys they lost. Exactly. And for the most part, like, I think it worked out pretty well. Like every line or most lines, like they had their looks for sure. For sure. Um, there were still like the defensive structure was fine, but they, they got broken down a couple of times. Yeah. Right. Like that was the issue. Like it wasn't like Chicago was just like buzzing in their zone, creating like chance after chance, but it was more like every now and again, like a Panthers player would slip and it'd be a two on one. Yeah. Or a defenseman would just get caught flat-footed and get burnt, and it was Anton Strawman, let's say, because it was. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, let's not kid ourselves. Let's not kid ourselves. Not the man he once was, but he, that was like early in the game. He got way better towards the end, I thought. So, yeah, you know, don't even don't even count that. Yeah, and like let let, let let's call it like it is. They were playing Chicago tonight, which I think was the perfect way to start the season. Obviously, points doesn't night give, doesn't give us an idea of the full potential of the team but just a really nice way to start the season yeah like i think the general kind of rule of thumb from like most teams is like we're gonna need like at least like five or six games or seven games let's say to really know like what each team is because the training camps were that short and because it's it's very different season like it's gonna take a while to know what teams are I mean, we know Chicago's not very good. We figured that out immediately. No disrespect. But, you know, they lost a lot of guys uh, to injury and stuff. So it's, it, yeah, it was, it's kind of tough to gauge like how this pan, like what this Panthers team is yet. Like it's still way too early to do that. But the early indicators are, are positive, right? Like very positive. And the, the way I see it is, as you said, it's going to take teams like, four or five games to really get settled, it can really just only go up from here. Yeah. And the other nice part, like one of the benefits is that because like, because of Dallas and the whole COVID situation, the Panthers obviously started their season like a week after everyone else. But that also meant that they had like an extra week of like training camp to get up to speed. Like we saw some teams get out of the blocks really slow in their first couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that you could just chalk up to to rust and to not having the chemistry yet. Whereas the yeah. Panthers have had a little bit more time to integrate these new players uh, and be uh, closer, I think, to their full potential than if yeah. they if the if the camp was short and they'd started against Dallas. So that that could potentially be a benefit down the stretch. We'll we'll see. Yep. Um. But I'm just I'm I'm glad they're back to be honest. Like I, honestly, like I, it felt really good to watch the game, and I mean, obviously, fans were allowed, and they they looked like re- they were really enjoying themselves. Uh, looked like a regular Panthers game. Let's not kid ourselves. Really socially distanced. 
yeah like just i know man safe. as soon as like as soon as i turned on the feed and i saw it and like there's obviously a lot there's a lot more fans there than it looks like because yeah. it's just you know they're at low capacity but it's like you just look at it and it's like man like they're gonna get ripped on social media yeah, for this you can't, you can't help but think about that 100 percent. yeah and it's like i don't know everyone's always like oh panthers attendance and it's like get a new bit like, they've struggled with <laughs> attendance since like the 90s like think of something else to chirp yeah you know it's, yeah no um and i believe just... ariana grande is a panthers fan she is because she wrote on the zamboni when she was young exactly so I, you know i don't know what celebrities are you know, out here cheering for like i don't know we'll name a team columbus i mean yeah, exactly you tell me if you would rather have cheer for to the toronto maple leafs who justin bieber supports or the florida panthers come on like Ariana Ariana Grande. Grande. the only one the only one i will concede to is yelly kings and snoop dogg they have will ferrell too and they have will ferrell like that's a pretty good that's a pretty good duo yeah but they're also they're you know they're in la like it'd be a shame if they didn't have celebrities that like them <laughs> but um yeah no you can't you can't hate on the panthers um i it, it just felt so good to watch tonight's game it really did. I mean, just like all we are just getting like excited. And you're watching all these other teams play and it's like, it's great. You know, it's hockey, but it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I just so glad it's back. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a great season. I mean, games, the schedule is so compressed, like a hundred straight days of hockey. Yeah. Always something on. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even watch the second half of the football game today of the night game um, just because I genuinely was just watching the Panthers. Yeah. I mean, what's a more exciting sporting event? Tom Brady versus Drew Brees, you know, in a championship game and a chance to advance to the next round, you know, two quarterbacks, ageless wonders battling it out head to head or the Florida Panthers home opener. Exactly. With a chance to watch, you two, Laura Strynan, Louis Strynan, uh, we're, we're, and Carter Verhage. Louis Strynan. Man, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to make an effort on the pronunciation, but... I, we could just call him Louie. I, I, I can't wait to wake up tomorrow morning, or actually tomorrow is a, a holiday in the States. Um, of course. And Martin Luther King Day. Can't wait to wake up on Tuesday and get the ratings for Sunday night viewership and just see the florida panthers like just blow out the nfl like completely it's gonna be crazy like i just i i, I can imagine the scenes i mean i'm watching this game like when the when the ekblad goal went in like my phone just like blew up with all these like twitter notifications and texts from people like did you see that and i was like oh yeah you bet you know uh... it's it's almost like one of those moments you know, like when you just know, like the whole world's watching, like the moon landing. It, I mean, it definitely had that effect. Yeah, at least, at least in our household, it did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about everyone else, but uh, yeah, overall, I thought, you know, I thought they looked pretty good. I they look they look great in my opinion. I think it's going to be really interesting to see like how they rebound from this game. Um, was their first game? Let, let, let's see how they rebound. But I think they have a strong top six. I, I think there's there's really hope for this team. Yeah. I mean, anytime you score five goals and your power play looked brutal, 
you got to be pretty happy with your five on five play. Mm-hmm. And you just clean up those mistakes, you know, that, that occurred every now and again. I think you're in a good spot. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And we'll just, you know, until then, we should, you know, we got to look forward to the next one coming up soon. Mm-hmm. So it, it should be great. And I guess that kind of just that wraps up this episode of the podcast. Thank you to everyone tuning in. Remember to check out DraftKings promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the weekend. Promo code THPN. Remember to use it. Remember to listen to the podcast, download, subscribe, do whatever. Tell your friends about the podcast. And we will be back on Thursday with a brand new episode where Noah and I make our predictions for this season, who we think is going to win awards. Uh, Lots of candidates out there. So it should be a lot of fun. Maybe some Panthers players taking home some hardware. I won't say Owen Tippett, Rookie of the Year, but one of the front runners for sure. So we'll be back with that episode on Thursday, and we'll see you guys then. Panthers are back on top.